You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Around the boards, Edler cuts it off, fires into traffic, loose puck, they score! Alex, I follow after the shot. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Victor Arvidsson stops up on entry, feeds it across, they score. Slam dunk goal for Dustin Brown. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. When it comes to a starting lineup, everybody loves the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with superior skin care that the pros love, LA Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-size intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25 in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination of the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. It is Monday. That means it's time for another weekly recap, time to crown a King of the Week, and time to bring you our conversation with Alex Iafalo. To handle the weekly recap, I reached out to my dad yesterday. We talked about the last three games, the loss of Drew Doughty, and it was a shockingly positive conversation, all things considered. And frankly, we're not generally the most positive people in the world, although I'm sure he would probably push back on that. I am certainly not the most positive person in the world. Before we get to that, he scored his first goal of the season on Saturday, so it seems fitting to bring you the conversation that Zach Dooley and I had with Alex Iafalo right before the season started. But before that, it's time to crown a King of the Week for the second week of the 2021-22 season. Last week it was Andrzej Kopitar, and frankly, with another two goals scored, it could have been Kopitar again, but I wanted to spread the wealth around. We'll start out with an honorable mention, and this week that goes to Alex Turcott. Not yet playing in a Kings uniform, Turcott had one goal and three assists last week for the first place in the Pacific Division Ontario Reign. They're off to an incredible start, and Turcott has looked great for them. Our runner-up this week is Dustin Brown with a goal and two assists, but our King of the Week this week is Victor Arvidsson with two assists, and really mostly because I was so impressed with his play on the Kopitar goal against the Dallas Stars. I cannot get enough of it. He creates the turnover in the neutral zone along the right wall, then manages to get himself open back on the left side for the pass from Brown before finding a wide-open Kopitar with a perfect pass back on the right side of the net. Uh, Then against St. Louis, it's almost a mirror image of that play, with Arvidsson streaking into the zone, pulling up to find Walker, streaking down the opposite side on the right. He sends the puck back to a wide-open Dustin Brown for another easy goal. Two really nice plays from Victor Arvidsson to set up his teammates. Slick passing, chase down defense, a neutral zone turnover, Uh, The kind of play that we've heard about all summer long, and just a lot of fun to watch. So, congratulations, Victor Arvidsson, this week's King of the Week. Okay, now it's time for our chat with Alex Iafala, and after that, stick around as me and my dad get a little deeper into last week's results here on All the King's Men. Joining us now forward for your LA Kings, Alex Iafalo. How are you doing today, Alex? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. So we're going to start off with uh, sort of a retrospective question. Uh, you're, you're entering your fifth year in the league, and 
through no fault of your own, the first four years of your career have come with a little bit of, uh, let's just say, inconsistency in the landscape. So the first season you join, sort of steal a spot out of camp. Second season, you've got to deal with two different coaches and all that happens there. Third season gets shut down early because of COVID. And fourth season, the COVID nonsense sort of continues. Shortened season, you know, limited practices, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious, now that you're entering this fifth season with presumably more stability in the franchise, in the league, in the world, hopefully, knock wood, I don't want to tempt fate or anything, um, are you looking forward to what might be an, a quote-unquote normal year in your career? Very excited. It's been uh, pretty weird, obviously. The, uh, as you said, the landscape of everything that's been going on, whatever. But uh, to have some kind of stability and uh, normalcy, I guess, going into this year for everybody. I think it's going to be a fun year. Do you feel like in your own head, you know, if, if you catch yourself in the mirror in the morning, are, do you, are you comfortable now saying like, yes, I'm an NHL player. This is my career. This is who I am. Like, have you worked that into your sort of sense of self? For sure. So it's, it's all mentally, you know, you want to mm. wake up every day. You expect to do, you know, your job and, um, you know, every day I wake up, I just try to get better and, you know, help the team get better. I guess that's just how I grew up and whatever. But, um, you know, lately now, obviously, uh, I've played a few years in the league and now I wake up and, you know, you just want to get better every day and try to help the team and, and you know, um, you know, progress your game each, each and every day. I'm curious how deep into that first season you felt that comfort how how long did it take for the novelty and the sort of awe of of reaching the nhl how long did it take for that to go away uh you mean rookie season yeah yeah i feel like it takes a while you know Mm -hmm. you're still trying to figure everything out and um i was pretty new to the team i only knew a couple guys younger guys and you know it was nice having a good good veteran group to you know help uh integrate everybody and you know that's just kind of what we're doing now and um, you know, that goes a long way. You know, you feel more comfortable, then you start playing your game and, and feeling more comfortable on the ice. So that's just kind of how it went uh, my rookie year. Looking back to that roster from the first year, do you ever think about how there are so few guys who have been with this organization longer than you? I was looking at it the other day, and only five guys who are on the team right now have been here longer than Alex Iofalo. Does that blow your mind a little bit, knowing that, you know, it's not like you've been here for 10 years? Yeah, I know. I've only really been here not you know a short time and looking back there was a lot of guys that had a lot of good careers in, in LA so you know that was intimidating when I was younger but you know at the same time um you know we have a good culture here and and good people a good management good coaching staff um you know it's gonna be a great year for us and uh, I think everybody's really excited fast forward from that year you know last year at the deadline you're an impending free agent for the first time now was there ever in your mind any any doubt that something would get done or was it always you know hey i want to be here the kings want me here it's going to get done it's a matter of time and maybe the deadline is more something that i worry about or jesse worries about than you worry about yeah i feel like looking back it was a while ago but um yeah I, i always wanted to stay here i knew what um you know what our goal was and what was going to happen this year and and in years before, years after this. So I always knew, you know, I wanted to stay here. And obviously a deadline, you never know what's going to happen, whatever. But, um, you know, in the back of my head, I always wanted to stay here and, and 
had some success here. So without uh getting too personal, what was the what was the first thing you bought after you got that new deal? Anything anything fun? <laughs> I don't know actually. I didn't really buy anything. Just some dinners, hang out with the boys, I guess. <laughs> dinners, dinners on you for sure. After yeah. <laughs> A lot of a lot of friends that you didn't know were friends with suddenly showing up and, uh, and yeah, uh, wanting sure. to go that's hang out. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> um, so, Alex, to Zach's point about you, you know, starting your fifth season, and I think as you said, five guys that have been here longer than you. Like, are you the kind of person that wants to that that just naturally, whatever situation you're in, wants to have a hand on the wheel, or are you comfortable to let other people um, steer the ship, as it were? Uh, I guess try to push. Mm-hmm. people you know the older guys and you know i look up to them obviously and um you know i played with them for four or five years now and looking up to them helping you know they teach me a lot of things and um, i feel like just being in the middle helping the younger guys and you know pushing everybody i think that's kind of where i'm at right now in the locker room let's say somebody puts a song on that you just absolutely hate are you <laughs> telling are you telling them to change it <laughs> no no, I mean they they like they like the song, so whatever fires them up. What uh, what is the musical mood of the locker room? Out of curiosity, it's pretty random, actually. Normally, Any... every some some guys put like it's more of like radios, you know. All right, pick an artist, then you pick a radio, and then it just kind of filters through whatever it's going to play. So I think our music is pretty good right now, to be honest. Without uh, getting into details or embarrassing anybody, is there any anything that's like truly shocking? Anybody with taste that you really wouldn't expect? Where you just throw some side no, eye I, over there? It's pretty chill. I've seen some weird stuff over the years, but I feel like this group we got good, uh, good country, good dance music, good rap. I think it's a good mix right now. I remember when I worked in the ECHL, you could always tell the mood of the equipment manager by the music that he was playing that day. And if it was like a screamo death metal kind of day, you were not going to asking for a new stick. But if it was like a chill, maybe like a Goo Goo Dolls kind of day, it was like, all right, maybe I'll ask for that thing that I've been wanting here. It was always the equipment guy whose mood you could tell by the music. Oh yeah. It's all about the vibe too. <laughs> all about the vibe. You got to know what's going on. <laughs> you got to know what's going on. And all right, so I want to, I want to take you back a little bit, Alex, to your college days. Yep. You, know, you you play at Minnesota Duluth. Um, your last game is a, you go to the title game as a senior. You know you're the MVP of that year's tournament, and then after that, you know comes in, wins back to back titles. Do you ever get any crap about that from Mikey that he won two right after you left? No, he's been pretty humble about it, which I'm sure eventually he's gonna start chipping in. But um, you know, it was pretty sweet to see. I was able to actually go to one of the games that. Um, it was in Buffalo and I feel like, uh, just with our college, Minnesota Duluth, we're all pretty tight. So, you know, it was very exciting to see, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure Mikey's going to be, uh, chirping me eventually once he get a little more comfortable around the ring. <laughs> he's only got the one year in the league. So maybe, maybe he signs a new deal at some point. He'll be, he'll be coming at you a little bit more. Yeah. I could feel that coming for sure. All right. So I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about Buffalo actually. And I, I have a little game for you, Alex, that I want to. I want to play. Um, it's called is is AI AI, and is it is Alex I follow all in on Buffalo things. <laughs> all right. The first one I'm going to throw at you Bring is it on. AI AI on Bills Mafia and jumping through tables. For sure, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. 
it's just all for it. What, what the Bills are known for at this point is is their fans driving through tables. Glad to know that you're a that's that's really just the test to see if you're truly from Western New York. That's the culture. So it definitely you know, is mafia all the way. Is uh, garbage plates all in? Uh, I'm actually not all in for that. Oh, not a garbage plate. Uh, as, no. as a Southern California guy talking to two New York guys, I have to ask what a garbage plate is. <laughs> it's pretty much just a bunch of random stuff of whatever the restaurant's pretty much really good at. Just throw it all on the garbage plate. Gotcha. It. <laughs> Which right. is, it's actually really good, but I never eat it, all of it. So It's like almost impossible to eat all of it in one sitting. Yeah. They're massive. I know. They're absolutely huge. They need a few people. <laughs> Big, uh, big Western New York thing. Um, oh, yeah. So if you ask a Canadian, they will say that the best side of Niagara Falls is the Canadian side. But I'm a true patriot, and I disagree. Are you all in that the American side of Niagara Falls is the better side of Niagara Falls? Um, that's a tough question. I could go either way. Both, right, we'll sides, say- both sides have different, uh, I don't know, different like uh, vibe to it, I guess, right? You're, they do. They you do. can do the you can do the uh, made of the mist on the American side, but you can't on the other side. That's true. Right? And yeah, fans of The Office remember that from the uh, wedding oh, episode. Yeah. Was yep. right up. Uh, so I don't know. That's tough because there's more action over on the Canadian side, but there's a lot more really, tourists. Than American. We'll say we're in. Maybe not all. Yeah, half in, half in, half in. <laughs> yeah. um, you drink. You're drinking a Coca-Cola. Is it a pop or a soda? <laughs> I don't know. I've been living in different places, Minnesota and LA, so I kind of forget about that, but I'd probably say pop. I think the the internet research I did said that in in Buffalo you'd call it a pop. And yeah. you know, even from where I'm from in more upstate New York would be a soda. Oh really? That's what I what I called it, but it was most people I know from Western New York, it's a pop. Yeah. I feel like I hear that a lot, pop, yeah. Now that yeah. I think yeah. And uh, last one I had, and this is an obvious one from Buffalo, but it was triggered last night. I was watching your appearance on the Hot Ones Wings series oh, yeah. last year. Is Do wings taste better in Buffalo than <laughs> anywhere else? All in on that. They do because I'm biased. My dad runs a bar back home, obviously, and um, – I only eat those from there and pretty much grew up on those wings. So they're better in Buffalo. All in. For sure. All in. <laughs> uh, Alex, talking about your dad, you know, we're not, well, I guess Zach travels with the team. I'm not traveling with the team. The fans aren't traveling with the team. But it seems like from what we get to see on the telecast, your family's very important to you. You know, your sister plays, your folks come out. You know, every time the Kings play in Buffalo, you get a huge crowd there watching you. Um, I, Talk to your dad, you know, seems like a, a, a solid dude, obviously. But I'm curious now, starting year five out here in L.A., have you begun to find uh, a community or a home here in Southern California? Or will Buffalo always sort of be home? And your no, I, I feel, you know, obviously home's always going to be home. You're going to go home and hang out with everybody. But I feel like this is, you know, more of my spot right now. And feel more of a community, you know, it's South Bay where pretty much all of us live and um, at least where I've been living the last the, all the years I've been here and just feels like it's uh, you know the right fit and I love it here it's so much fun everybody's nice and you got the beach and 
mountains out there. It's just uh, you know, a good fit, and I, I love it out here. Pretty quickly after the shutdown in March of 2020, I spoke to a, an individual skills coach, and we were asking, you know, what advice he might have for young kids who who are now staring down the barrel of not knowing when the next time they'll get an organized game in is. You know, how should they train? How should they practice in this yeah. world with restrictions? And his answer was they shouldn't. They should really just take the time and sort of work on themselves rather than their game. And his argument was that they've spent so much time in their young lives focused on this one skill set and this one aspect of their personality. And he said, this is a really rare opportunity to sort of figure out who you are and what you like. And again, we don't follow you around. We're not living in your head, but we know that you have off ice interests, varied off ice interests. So I'm curious with whatever it was, 15, 16 months, did you take some time to sort of explore the world? For sure. I mean, I feel like you got to expand your brain, your mindset. Mm -hmm. You can't think about one thing all the time and, and expect to be, you know, perfect every time you got to expand your horizon and, and try to learn different things. Um, I feel like that helps out a lot. And that's just kind of what I've done throughout my whole hockey career. I know it's not for everybody. Some guys like to focus in on one thing, but for my advice, I just think teaching young kids with just, just to, try to think about different stuff daily and try to learn a new skill every year aside from hockey stuff. Um, so like that expands your brain a lot. Would you, uh, would you recommend that young kids spend, you know, an evening in God's country in Iowa around you know, <laughs> Cal, Cal Peterson's driveway type situation? Was that a, an interesting experience? Yeah. Luckily enough, I was able to tent tent uh, during COVID. I had to make it home. So I camped the whole way. And yeah, I stayed at uh, Cal's front yard for a night, and we were able to hang out, which is fun. <laughs> Alex, we know uh, we know you like to surf, um, which presumably means you love the beach. Um, I'm, if you couldn't surf and you couldn't play hockey, what's your go-to activity on a, on an afternoon? Uh, if I couldn't surf or play hockey, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I've been trying to learn guitar. Got electric guitar, but I don't know. Maybe just mountain biking, I guess. Something like that. Why guitar? Is there a band or a musician that you particularly enjoy? No, I just always wanted to play an instrument. And I started playing during, well, last November, October. I just try to play songs. I don't really learn the theory, which I might have to. But <laughs> I've just been trying to learn a bunch of Metallica songs and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and if you've got a night off on uh, night off on the road or at, or at home or in the off season, never mind what show. What's the what's the streaming service that you go to first? Are you a Netflix guy, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN, Amazon? Where are you headed? I'm pretty much straight up YouTube, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Just because I I kind of like uh, like GoPros and, and film stuff, so I like looking at different sports and stories, whether it's extreme sports or just normal sports. And YouTube has a lot to offer for that. So that's just kind of what I've done. Really easy, real easy to get sucked into a YouTube rabbit hole, isn't it? Because they just suggest all these other videos on the side where it's like related to what I watched and then yeah. all in for hours. Just endless surf, surf videos. <laughs> they never stop. There's no... No limit to the number of videos on anything you want to watch, which is why YouTube is pretty amazing. Incredible. 
Any interest in competitive surfing? Competitive surfing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe eventually, but I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I guess so. Thought about it a couple times when I'm done playing, but hopefully that's not for a long time. Well, I agree with you there. Hopefully that is not for a long time. Alex, you've been an incredible uh, member of the LA Kings in your short term here, and uh, hopefully it lasts much, much longer. We want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Joining me now to take a look back at the second week of Kings games in the 2021-22 season, <clears throat> my dad. How are you doing today, dad? I'm good, Jess. How are you? I'm good. Now, you know, full disclosure, peek behind the curtain, you and I had a very long conversation yesterday following the game. Yeah, uh, yes, we did. So we're just going to sort of hit the highlights of that conversation here. <laughs> um, all right. I was a bit hungover. Well, I guess I was still drunk. You were the, yes. <laughs> to be clear, you were coming from a wedding. A wedding, yeah. <laughs> yes. Less. But <laughs> I didn't have to drive. Right. Lest anybody Just think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the status <laughs> yeah. quo or anything. So before yeah. we, before we get into the three games that were played this week, I want to register a minor complaint with the league. And I don't, I'm not trying to say this is why they lost the game against St. Louis, but this is something that I noticed and it bothered me the more I thought about it. Um, the Kings played back-to-back games against Dallas and St. Louis on the road. And I've never understood why the league schedules back-to-back games for road teams in different cities. That seems particularly unfair to me. It does seem onerous. I, I can't, and even at my advanced age, I don't know whether that's just something that's been going on for 50 years and we never noticed it or if it's something new. So it also bothers me that the the next game both the Kings and the Blues play is tomorrow or Monday when people are listening to yes. this today against one another. So the game the game from last night easily could have been played today and then right. bo- both teams would have had back-to-back games yes. against one another rather than the Blues getting two days off and the Kings having no days off. No, that does seem weird unless there's you know, unless there's a scheduling thing in the arena there where there's a concert or something. On a but Sunday. Even very fact, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess you never know. The monkeys are in town or something. But um, <laughs> but it did, that, that scheduling seemed very odd to me. And I get last year they did, you know, this, this new thing, which worked for last year because it was so different. It's very rare when a visiting team plays two games in a row in the same building, yes. for one thing. Right. Uh, and okay, Last year, but this is not last year, and I don't know if they're doing it again this year. Uh, I mean, it's the first time, so maybe it's going to happen a bunch of times. It, but it, it doesn't. This is it, and it they and they found it, yeah. a way. Pardon my language. They found a way to screw the Kings on the one time. I think maybe yeah. they're playing Seattle, or maybe Seattle comes and plays us twice. But other than that, no, this is it. Yeah, it, it's an odd thing, and it does seem not quite. But you know, in the in the big picture, I suppose it's probably not going to matter. No, it's not why they lost, you know. No. And and the no, fact that Dowdy and the fact that Dowdy was injured the night before, the schedule makers didn't know that. Um, they did not. Yeah, presumably. But yeah. but it's just one of those things where I was in a bad mood yeah. cuz they lost and so I was looking at the schedule going, "Well, why <laughs> why 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 that also?" Um uh, so yeah. let's let's dive into the week. Uh the Kings go 0 2 and 1. And as you and I talked about last night and as I said on Twitter, uh, the really annoying part of that 0-2-1 record is that 5-on-5 five five 
Uh, they outscored. I won't say outplayed necessarily because you can never, you know, obviously once a team has a, a big lead, their style of play yeah. changes. But yeah. they're at least outscoring their opponents at five on five. I'm going to run through some numbers really quickly. Uh, in those three games, they have allowed 12 goals and scored six. But at five on five, they're outscoring their opponents five to three. On the power play, they are even, having scored one power play goal and allowing a shorthanded goal. Uh, they obviously allowed a three-on-three three overtime goal, so they're 0-1 in that scenario. And then the real killer is they have scored zero shorthanded goals, and in those three games, they've allowed seven power play goals. Zero power play goal. Oh, no, they scored a power play goal, right. Yes, yeah, but... So it, it's, the, it's the seven power play goals that have killed them. Yeah are killing them and have killed them. And that's, yeah, and that's just odd because that's been a strength the last couple of years. So hard to know what's going on there, but it, they, the other teams are making it look kind of easy, which is disturbing. Now, a lot of those power play goals have come against with Drew Doughty out of the lineup, right? Four of them against St. Louis. And if I'm not mistaken, I think one against Dallas. Um, yeah, one against Dallas. Yeah. So that's, part of it but like you should be able to survive I, I understand the drew dowdy as far as i'm concerned is you know if not the best defenseman on the planet one of the best defensemen on the planet yeah but you still shouldn't be allowing that many power play goals no i mean it exactly it does change something but i mean he's not on the ice for two minutes every power play right so you know we don't go oh well, when he was on the we didn't get scored on but when the other guys came on well, that doesn't really happen, you know. There's just there's something wrong at the moment, and they just need to fix it. Um, but what I said to you last night, which I still kind of think, if I want to be positive, <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, it seems to me that in general, now last night was sort of weird, but even last night, uh, they've been outplaying. I mean, I actually think they have been outplaying yeah. the other teams five on five, and so the so. But the problem is the same problem for the last uh, bunch of years, which is they just don't have anyone to score goals. And that three-on-three three was also – now, I think they had a couple of chances too. But, I mean, I think we had four or five really good chances to win that game. Mm -hmm. And there's just no – I don't know. We just don't have anyone that, that seems to – you know, we don't have that natural goal score. I know Arvidsson is supposed to be that guy, and maybe he will be. But so far, you know, he isn't. So – well, the irony so, there is that he's actually been making some incredible plays. And... No, he's made – exactly. He's made a lot of good plays. But but we're still lacking a goal score for three-on-three. Yeah. Three. But other than that, I, I like I said to you last night too, it's sort of weird because we've – you know, part of it is just – so they're telling us this is the year – and we're all telling ourselves, you know, if you read all the comments, this is the year, this is the year, you know, I have to make the playoffs. And I sort of go, well, you were in last place a year or two ago, and then maybe last place last year or second, I forget, last place. So, you know, you could really improve and and be six, seven, eight points better mm -hmm. and not make the playoffs. But but play much better games, play more interesting games, mm -hmm. um, be a better team and, and still not make the playoffs and lose more than you win. And, and right now, that's what I'd say of, of the first five games. Well, before the season started, you and I – obviously we talk about the team all the time and I sort of look at the schedule and thought, all right, Vegas, Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, St. Louis, St. Louis, Winnipeg. That's uh, seven games. And I thought, okay, they could be one and six and still play really, really well. 
Yeah. Um, I never thought they'd beat Vegas. You know, I thought maybe they'd right. beat, beat Nashville, but I thought realistically you could play well and still lose to Vegas, Minnesota, Dallas, and the Blues and Winnipeg. Those are all playoff right. teams. Those are all really good teams and have been for a right. few seasons. Um, so they pick up a win against Vegas and they pick up an OTL against Dallas, and now they're one, three, and one. I don't want to say and, I'm happy if they're one, four, and one, but like it's a better record than I sort of thought. Well, Yes, and I mean, I guess I read today that I guess Alex Val said this is the worst, the worst five game opening since two thousand and seven or something. I saw but that, it, yeah. But it doesn't feel like it. And um, also, I mean, I just you have to correct me, but I just off the top of my head, of us, and I thought also the last two games or three games they're playing in the other team's home opener. Right. Right, mm-hmm. which means it's not nothing. Now yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you get blown out in your home opener, but generally speaking, you know, especially this year, right, when no one's been able to go to the games for the last year and a half and the mm-hmm. fans are, right, everybody's, you know, it just makes it a little extra uh, hard, right? You're on the road, you've lost your defenseman, and it's every team's home opener. So all, all in all, like, I thought they outplayed Nashville. I thought they outplayed Dallas. Yeah, and um, let's let's not pretend that losing Drew Doughty late in the second period of a game that you were winning isn't no, isn't going to impact the outcome of that game. <laughs> of course, it did. And yeah. look, they got, you know, they took a penalty and then they took the over the glass penalty and so okay, that's what are you going to do, right? That's mm-hmm. that's you, you know, it happens. So and then they scored, right? Cuz we were giving up power play, and that was it. And then the 3 on 3 was actually pretty exciting and we played well and had lots of chances and they, you know, some guy comes down and makes an incredible shot. Well, okay, I, you know, you know, you know how I've always felt it's great when you win three on three, but it's you didn't really win or lose the game, <laughs> right. as far right. as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, it should be a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, it's a tie. So okay, I get it. In the in the standings, you know, you don't get the extra point, but it's a tie. No. Um, so you know, <laughs> I'm okay with that. So I'm I'm not totally unhappy. I think they they just got to figure out this bottom six is all. Yeah, and. You know, we talked about it a lot last night. We opened this conversation with it. But I'm going to throw a stat at you that I didn't bring up last night because I hadn't even thought to look at it. Um, Obviously, the penalty kill has not been great. 46% in those three games, 53 for the season. That's not good. Um, (laughs) However, uh, the power play over those three games, 8.3%. And in a game that you lose 2-1 to to Nashville... You know, yeah. maybe an extra power play goal, right, turns the tide. Yeah. In a game that yeah. you lose to Dallas where you have a five-minute power play where you score one goal but could have scored as many as you want, maybe that creates a lead that Dallas can't come back from. Yeah. Um, so 8% and 46% on the power play and penalty kill. Yeah. That it's spe- well, I mean, it's really it's special teams, right? They're outscoring their opponents five on five. The bottom two lines, they, yeah, need, they need to fix exactly. it. But, but to be fair, I think the new looks they have been giving the bottom six have actually resulted in much better play. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I said before. Like, the team on the whole is seems to be playing better. I, like I said last night, their passing is better. Their breakouts are better. They're controlling the game, you know, better. Um but, you know, they're not scoring. Actually, I guess you're right. Five and five, they're doing just fine. Mm-hmm. They're just getting killed uh, with penalty 
penalties and, and giving up power play goals. And then you think, well, okay, they started out with 150 people in training camp. And so, right, you can't work on all the stuff they probably mm-hmm. really want to work on. By the time they got down to the team, it was like the day before the season started. So whatever they were working on to make the team better is actually probably working. And now they're going to have to, at some point, take some time. I mean, I don't know if that's right or not, and figure out this penalty kill. Um, you know, and all we can do is hope they do, yeah. I guess. And, um, you know, I, and again, I, I you know, I, I don't like making it sound as if I'm making a ton of excuses for the team. Obviously, I'm a team employee, so I'm not going to be as candid as perhaps I am in our private conversations. However... I don't think it's fair to ignore the fact that Quentin Byfield, Andreas Athanasiu, Leish Anderson, and Brendan Lemieux are all also out of the lineup. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think it's a huge factor. And now with Dowdy out, mm-hmm. it's going to take, it might take 20 games. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. I didn't hear about Dowdy today, if anything was said no. um, about his status. But, you know, part of what's going to happen is whether or not he's out for a long time or out for a short time. If he's out for a long time, then they've got some real work to do to figure out how they're going to re- 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 rearrange the defense and who to who to play and all that. So that you know, if it's short time, then then you know, like every every team when a guy is injured, everybody has to just step up. Um, but those four guys, yeah. But in, so that could just make a huge difference. Um, but I don't know, you know. <laughs> it's not like anyone's been a bum or anything, no, I don't think. <laughs> no, the the major concern is that it's just incredibly bad timing for an injury like this to a player like yes. Drew Doughty. Because yeah, no, it's bad. You look at the standings already, and it's incredibly early in the season. I'm not trying to make any sort of proclamations. But, you know, in the Pacific, never mind the Central, but just in the Pacific, Edmonton is 5-0. and um, San Jose is four and on you know four and one, and I, I don't know if San Jose is for real. Maybe they'll crash back down to earth. Um, Vancouver's three and two. Calgary is uh, two and two one and one. And you're like, all right, I'm not really worried about all that. But Vegas is one and three. I have to assume they'll get better. Yep. Um, I don't know. I guess Seattle doesn't look very good, so who knows? But, so far, right? <laughs> but. <laughs> But Vegas and Edmonton, I think most people expected to be quite good. If San Jose is going to be good this year, that would be really disappointing, obviously just as a Kings fan to have San Jose yeah. be good. But it also just makes the division that much harder. And then Calgary yeah. and Vancouver are off to statistically better starts than the Kings. If the Kings have to play without Drew Doughty for any extended period of time, uh, no. it's rough. It's going to be really – that will that could kill their season. That That's how that could work out. And one hopes not. Um, that's why I say if he's out for a long time, then they're, the brass are going to have to really think this through and decide, okay, is this when we make a trade? Is this when we, you know, call up this person or that person or, mm-hmm. you know, that'll, that'll be a lot of big decisions to make now, you know, who plays with who, right? Already that's huge. Um, potentially you know. good news around the corner is yeah. they they play Montreal and Buffalo this coming weekend. Right. <laughs> uh then then they play Montreal again uh the second week of November. Um and they have a game against they have two games against Ottawa in the next oh, month. They're doing the Canada swing or they Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ottawa and Montreal both come to Staples. Oh, they come to Staples. And then they and then the Kings travel through 
Ontario uh, and Quebec, right. I guess. Um, right. And also there's a game. Home, home that, yes, like exactly. <laughs> and there's a game against the Coyotes uh, in late November. So oh, okay. there are some. Now, I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's entirely possible. You know, Arizona has a win this season, I think, or maybe an overtime <laughs> loss. Um, so it's not like you lose all the games that you're supposed to and you win all the games you're supposed to. Obviously, no. the Kings beat Vegas, and that was a total shock. But yeah. But it's not, you know, and and they play St. Louis again on the third of November, and then I think that's it for the year. So I think that's it. Yeah, at least there's that. Well, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. The other thing about this past game, I mean, a they gave up four power play goals and a shorthand goal. So, it, it, like you said, it's hard to judge what really was the game was. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, I mean, like I said, at, at the wedding, I was able to turn on my phone and just catch for the Kings scored, and then and then you know. And then my wife told me to put the phone down. But then, <laughs> um, so, but by the time I got home, and then I, you know, watched it on TiVo. Um, yes, I know TiVo. Um, <laughs> you know, my DVR. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Kings were out playing them, and then they scored, and they were ahead. And it was really just then they took a penalty and and um, gave up the power play goal, two quick ones, or this, that one, and then the shorthanded, and then that was kind of oh, okay. But up until then, I thought they were outplaying them. And like I said, five on five, they were basically fine. So, but that was the game after Doughty got hurt um, and back-to-back. So, you know, that was bound to be a rough game. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just rough because, you know, as I said, I don't want to make it sound like I'm making excuses. And yet, and this is one of the frustrating things of being a fan in general, yeah, is that it's it's five games in, so right off the top, you shouldn't be looking too deep into anything, right? We always say no, happiness well, that, exactly. is measured by expectations. It's, it's but not I, excuses. It's no. just okay. This is what's going on. Yeah. right now, fifteen games from now, if they're zero and twenty, I think we can go. Uh, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, those weren't really the issues. But it, <laughs> it's just one of those things where you go like, all right, well, Byfield gets hurt, you know, before right before yeah. the season starts. So now you have right a lineup that you weren't expecting. Now you bring up Kaliev to start. He, this is really his first, right? He played one right. game last year, so he's a, a brand a rookie and yeah. a young rookie, right? Like I think right. he's twenty years old. Then you know Andreas Athanasiu can't start the season, so okay, now that line that was looking so good in preseason with Kachev, Velarde, and Athan—sorry, uh, excuse me, the, Elias Anderson. Right now that right. line's broken up and isn't playing. We haven't even seen Andreas Athanasiu yet this season. Right. He has the new contract. You have no idea how he's going to fit into the new system, the new aggressiveness, like. Maybe he's scoring those extra power play goals. Who knows? Brendan Lemieux knows? looked great in that first game. He's out. No idea when he's coming back. So now your fourth line is all messed up. Um, yeah. Then Drew Doughty gets in. It's just like, how am I no, supposed to a, evaluate this? I have no idea. It's a, no, well, that's right. It's impossible. Except, um, no, that's what I tell you. It's, it's virtually impossible. And forgetting whether they've won or lost, what I, you know, you, you go by all these fancy stats. I go by you know, watching. Um, and to me, they look like, uh, <laughs> I know, that was just a dig at modern world. Um, <laughs> um, that's right, the whole modern world yeah. is what I'm talking about. Um, no, I, 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 I said to you last night, I said the, the day before, what, what strikes me so far is that they just look like a better team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for whatever reason, I think they're like I said, the defense, their their breakouts are better, their passing is better, um, their you know, they keep using that word aggression, which I I don't know. Their forechecking is better. 
Um, all in all, it's a better game, right? Like it's 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 a more entertaining game, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and I'm not screaming at them. It's like yes, they're giving up power play goals, and uh, you know. But all in all, it seems like a better team. And I don't know. If, like I say, will will that translate into being in the playoffs? I don't know. Not to start winning games, but but yeah. if, even if it doesn't, I would say, well, isn't that what happened in 2000 and well, whatever it was, 10 or 11 or you know what I mean? Like where yeah. you could see they were clearly getting better, um, but you know didn't make the playoffs and then made them and then Kopitar got hurt. So right, but you could sort of see the progression of the team being better. Yeah, I'm not, I don't even worry. Like the, to me, the playoff question, and I understand that it's a simple question, and so people ask it. But I, you yeah. know, I've, I said a number of times in the preseason. You know, there are there are it was and it was the number two question on our top ten questions facing the Kings. Like, how right. will the rest of the Pacific Division do? That'll have way more to do with the playoff equation right. than exactly. what the Kings do. The takeaway yeah. for me is that in the first period against St. Louis, um, and I tweeted about it last night. I said I, something along the lines of. You know, I'm yelling at my TV a lot because they're not scoring on opportunities. But right, I but, the, that but the takeaway for me is they had opportunities. Right. No, I think they outplayed them. Yeah. Right. They they were up one nothing. They outplayed them. They took a penalty. They gave up a power play goal, and then wasn't the second goal the shorthanded. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So so they totally outplayed them, and then they go down two to one, and and their best well best but one of their top you know Drowdy's out. So now they're right. That's just tough, and they're having trouble in the power play. So I'm the penalty kill, and that was kind of the game. But I, I don't think like I didn't think it, it was a seven-three blowout kind of a game, or whatever the final score was. No, and um, and to their credit, you know, wasn't and that like that. No, and and we, you and I can't remember if it was last night or a, a week ago or two days ago, whatever. Um, but you know, we talked about the difference between this team and the team in 2018-19. Where right. there were games where they would have the lead, give up a bad goal, and, yes. then, and then collapse. Whereas, and collapse. Yeah. whereas this game, you know, they gave up an early goal in the second, which is disappointing, obviously. But then they also gave up an early goal in the third, and it was looking very much like, oh no, this is yeah. gonna, you know, it was like six to one at that point, I think. And you're like, oh god, this is just gonna be a nightmare of a game. Right. And they came back and scored two goals, and I don't, right. and almost a third. Right. <laughs> right. Right. There was a certain, I forget what the play was, but I thought, oh, 6-4, uh, now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you could go down to the last three minutes and pull the goal in, you never, never, probably not, because they sure. haven't scored six on five apparently in two years. But <laughs> still, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, as a fan and an old fan, yeah, it's a lot more fun and I want them to win. But I, I really would just like to have games that are fun to watch and interesting um, where they seem capable of winning. <laughs> yeah. Not every game because you got to lose some games. But um, And that's what I'm feeling this first five games. And by the way, including this year, the exhibition games. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. two years ago, the last time they did this, didn't they go, including the rookie thing and the thing, they went 0 and 12 or something? Uh, I think that was three years ago, but but I know, oh. but yes, that was not. Yeah. It was not great. <laughs> it was not great. So you know, so, so this year they're actually kind of you know it, it was like okay. So I don't know. It's it's a it's tough to assess really right now. I think except like I say, visually they look better. And and I think and I want to single this out because I think it's important. Um, I think Kaliev has looked 
infinitely better recently than he did in the first few games. And I don't know if yeah. that's I don't know if that's putting together the correct line combination or just he's literally 20 years old. He's never played in the NHL before and he's learning the speed, the tendencies, the flow, all of that. But well, I thought he's looked I, way more dangerous recently than at the start of the season. I did too and I I think that's probably what it is, right? He's just a kid. Yeah. And 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 not only is he just a kid, but he's just a kid with these with huge expectations. Yeah kind of way beyond what we all should be mm-hmm. right to put on a kid right i mean we're just all like oh my god he's going to be the next goal scorer he's going to score 100 goals it's like well maybe someday but mm-hmm. probably not probably not at 19 or 20 mm-hmm. right you know he's not gretzky um and i don't even know if gretzky did it at 18 but he was in the other league um yeah. He's not Brett Hull, let's put it that way. He's not Brett Hull, yeah. I mean, and, and maybe he'll turn out to be by the end of the year. Maybe they'll, like you say, maybe they'll figure out who to play him with. Um, and, every, you know, as people come back from injury, people will get slaughtered. Yeah, it could happen, but gee whiz, it's just a couple of games. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I agree. I, I thought he's looked a lot better. Um, and, you know, they, like I said, they're going to – but if they can't score again, then it's like, okay, I like that they've had – for the first five games, the top two lines are settled. But if they're losing and losing and losing and, and can't score, now Kopitar has been scoring, mm-hmm. well, then maybe they have to adjust those lines too. Well, I guess I have to wait and see. As people come back, I think that's just going to be the key, right, is who to end up playing and then figuring out the right line combinations. Yeah, I mean, we can't, I don't think there's any use in holding one's breath over Quentin Byfield, but Athanasiu Anderson and Lemieux ought to be back sooner than later. And, and, well, I mean, Lemieux is on the, on the COVID protocol list, unclear why or how long it'll take. Um, You know, as I said to you last night, when I was on it, it took a week. I don't know. Right. I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, but Anderson, you know, and Athanasiu were both placed on IR to start the season, but I don't think they're not placed on long-term injured reserve. I don't know what that, you know, that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean anything, but, you know, will Kachev make it back into the lineup once he does? Will they sort out where to oh, play yeah, him? Kachev. Yeah, like, I mean, there's <laughs> it's been a lot of shifts. And, you know, will, you know, I thought Walker and Edler have been a pretty good pair. Do they become? No, I think they've been great. You know, yeah. does Anderson play well with Strand? Do they even put Strand in? You know, does Mata keep playing? Like, is Dowdy well, back in a week? There's just. Yeah, no, there's so many questions. Yeah. But, but it's like you say, okay. Happen is he's really been out for quite a long time. I don't I don't know what's wrong with him, but whatever it is, it's fairly serious because it's been quite a while. But he has, but I mean, he you, was out as soon as camp started, basically. Right. So it's been a while. So the real question is, if Byfield out in the CU and Anderson come back, and then there's Kachev, and they're all going to play. Well, that's four guys that are playing now that won't be. Mm-hmm. So the real trick is which four. Right. And that's really where the coaching uh, staff and everyone, those are going to be the decisions, I think that's what I said to you, that will decide whether or not we're playoff or not playoff, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can have all the players, but they need to be, you know, arranged in, in the proper order, which some will, might take time um, to figure out what's the right combinations. And so far they're not bad. They're just, 
I guess they just need to score some power play goals and, and not give up. And maybe maybe everything is fine, actually, and we shouldn't be worried that they've lost too much of games. There's a great moment. I know you don't watch it, but there's a great moment in the second season of Ted Lasso uh, where the team has just a really abysmal game or something like that, and the assistant coach uh, says, you know, oh, we weren't bad. We were just unlucky. And the head coach goes, oh, I love how you use the word unlucky over here. Like... <laughs> and, he, and he says to the other assistant coach, "What do we what do we call what do we say about teams that are on what do we call unlucky teams in America?" And he says, "The New York Jets." And of course, the joke there. Is <laughs> um, but it is one of those things where, like, it's only five games, and they have been incredibly unlucky. And part of that, you know, I don't like the word fault, but part of that is their responsibility, right? Special teams play. Yeah, it's it's yeah. part of its luck, but part of it is it needs to get better and and should get better, yeah. and you hope it will get better. But part of it is just like I said, an incredibly difficult schedule to start the season yeah it's been rough i mean we'll again we'll see what happens the next week or so mm-hmm. you know if they're down if they're if they're one and nine well then i i guess they're not going to make the playoffs but <laughs> which like i said doesn't mean they're not better and right. still aren't entertaining yeah which i guess in my age in life is really that's really all i ask for yeah know? well it would be a quantum leap for this t- for for this team to have yeah. gone from where they were to uh to where we hope that they they get anyway yes yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up there, Co, because we're uh, right. reaching about half an hour here. I, thank, I want to thank you, <clears throat> Dad, for joining me. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I have to have my own one for my son. Oh, but, you yes, you're welcome. <laughs> right. Always my pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. 